Hey, what's up, everybody? So in this episode, James and I will be talking about some interesting stuff, especially the last UFC. You know, the last UFC was crazy, especially the Usman knockout. So uh, check it out. Enjoy. Right on. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Yamato Damashi podcast. Ensign, how's it going? How's business? Been busy? Yeah, in Hawaii, um, business picking up, getting busy, getting a lot of orders, so which is really good. And I'm just here, like, pretty much just making bracelets all day, like, continuously making bracelets all day. Yeah. So everything's good, man. That means business is good. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. And you were also sharing some news this week about Ryzen and Ryzen's involvement in Hawaii. So what's going on there for people that didn't quite see the announcement? Yeah, well, you know, the you know, Rising has a big opportunity right now because they're having a fight with Floyd Mayweather and one of the Japanese stars, Sakura Mikura. And so, you know, as, as you know, Floyd Mayweather is a worldwide name. And as you also know, um, you know, Japan hasn't been into live streaming. They've been only about, I mean, pay-per-view. They've been only about, you know, live gate. And if any, if they did any streaming, it was always just in Japan. So the thing with that is they're they're trying to they're starting to realize that the pay-per-view is a really big market, mm-hmm. and they're excited about it. And so they're they're thinking of you know opening up the the market in America, and they know that you know the pay-per-view sales and pay-per-view, um, you know, pay-per-view um, profits would be huge. So, with with Floyd Mayweather and Card, I think it's like they're a very good opportunity for them to start up their um, pay-per-view. And uh, yeah, they're going to start it off with, uh, you know, getting some Hawaii fighters. You know, Hawaii's a part of the U.S. and uh, you know, I'm thinking they're 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 overall overall looking at like uh, you know, like killing two birds with one stone. When they're getting American fighters, they're also getting Hawaii fighters, which is very uh, you know the Hawaii fighters are known to be real aggressive, real heated, a lot of heart. And Japan is not like America, where it's all about winning and losing. It's more about giving it your all. Mm. So they feel you know they they like the Hawaii fighters, and I think they understand that there'll be a hit in Japan. And on top of that, one of their other um, their other objectives is to have a rising Hawaii, where one side of the whole card is going to be right um, Hawaii fighters, other side of the card is going to be um, Japanese fighters. So nice. That'll be super interesting. So that, that that's the thing that they're working on, and they asked for my help, and you know I I, I kind of was really for this. You know, I talked to them about, I kind of talked to them about, you know, having a lot of Hawaii fighters because how, how aggressive and hot heated they are. And they agreed, you know, they see BJ Penn fight, they see Max Holloway fight, they, they, they know me firsthand. And they they're, they got really excited about it or to a point where they're asking me to help get, gather fighters. So that's what we're, at the moment we're doing. So what's happening this, this in a couple weeks is on the 30th of, the, of August, Floyd Mayweather is coming to Hawaii with Mikuda and with a bunch of Japanese fighters. 
and they're going to have a press conference announcing the fight on the beach in Waikiki. That's cool. Yeah, so it'll be nice. It'll be a nice press conference. Uh, we've already got all the news stations in Hawaii coming. And I'm not sure what the plan is because these guys are like totally, you know, trying to get things together in a scramble. So it's real hard for them to get things organized. So at first they said they, they wanted to see if I could, you know, make a little brief uh, speech and maybe have Egan and BJ Penn do one. So, but, you know, I'm not sure if now it's changing that that press conference is just going to only be about Mayweather fight or are they going to use that, that, that press conference to also announce about, you know, the tryouts that we're, we're having the, in two days later. Mm. So there's going to be a tryouts on the 1st of September. And it's going to have um, all the top fighters that are not tied to an association come to the tryouts and show their stuff, show their game. And it's going to be where, you know, Rising is going to want to grab fighters for their roster. And if the fighter impresses them enough, what they're going to do is they're going to, you know, like the contender series, we're going to, they're going to give them contracts right there on the day. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so, you know, when I made that post on Instagram, I got so much messages from um, a lot of Hawaii fighters, and they, they really, um, they're really excited. And, the, you know, the, it's like, almost like it lit a fire under the Hawaii fighters. Oh, shit, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, man, because Hawaii's got such a, like, a rich MMA history, right, with the whole Super Bowl fights, and then it became, like, icon, didn't it? And, uh... Yeah, with the, I mean, those events happened from like 95, 96. So it's been there around on the island right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Very, it's a, it's a, no, Hawaii's, Hawaii's like a real competitive fight island. You know, so I think it fits hand in hand for the Hawaii boys. And I'm, I'm excited because, you know, I was a, I'm a Hawaii boy. And without my, my opportunity in fighting, I really don't know what I'd be today. I, you know, I probably wouldn't have Power Stone Shop. I wouldn't have written a book. I probably wouldn't be, you know, known in Japan or, or throughout the world because of my fighting, you know. So, you know, I, I I know the Hawaii boys train hard and some of them, you know, really love MMA with their heart. And it's like a dream. It's a dream come true to be able to, uh, you know, finance your life, make, you know, make a lot of money in fighting. And, you know, maybe not if you don't make a lot of money in fighting, like me, make, make a big name enough that your name can help you, you know, create a, non-profit foundation you know sell power stones you know that kind of stuff i mean i'm sure if i wasn't who i was i don't know if the business would take off like it is so yeah i'm just really excited to you know actually give back and you know use my my notoriety my notoriety and my fame to be able to help the other hawaii boys so that really excites me yeah it's really cool no, it's exciting. And also uh, Mayweather versus Mikuru Asakura. I'm looking forward to that. That That's that's an interesting fight. I mean, we talked about it before, right, when it was announced. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, the optics. On, on Mikuru's channel, did you did you see the um, Mikuru put a – he went to the Philippines to meet and train with Pacquiao. I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of looked pretty sharp, man, his hands. And Pacquiao seemed like he was pretty impressed. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, that – uh, I thought that was interesting, right? That he went, went actually went all the way there. The only thing is, if you notice the things that Pacquiao was saying, that he's going to do good, all he needs to work on is, you know, footwork, 
and something about accuracy of punches and it's like the things he was saying was things that are not going to develop be developed in a month yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was like okay he's super good and yeah he has a chance all he has to do is he <laughs> said like, yeah james you have a chance to buy a house in hawaii but all you have to do is make more money <laughs> you know he's like <laughs> you know so so when i heard that i was like "Ooh, i mean is he being real political about his answer but mm. i don't know i i thought mikula hit really hard really good man i mean yeah I mean, you know, hitting mitt hard and being able to land something flush on Floyd Mayweather as he's jabbing back at you is two it's different stories. So, man, I don't know. I mean, he looked really good. So it, it kind of made me get a little bit more excited for the fight now. Yeah, yeah. You never know, right? People get old. I saw I saw him post a really funny video, actually, where I think he was in Vegas. And he was going around and uh, asking people if they knew who Floyd Mayweather was and everyone's obviously like yes and then he's like i am gonna fight him and they're like you really <laughs> so it's just uh i want to look for that one that looks yeah so it's a fun. funny video man um but yeah cool no i can't wait this sounds like there's some exciting rising stuff to come the, the cool thing about rising right is it's always different it's always you know ufc can be very by the numbers you know what's happening um but whereas rising kind of will throw you with all sorts of different things coming in the future so it's exciting to see what happens next. But uh, but yeah, but speaking of UFC, there was a UFC this past weekend and yeah. lots of shocks, lots of surprises. But, you know, overall thoughts on the card? Although it was a great card, you know, I mean, you know, as as it goes on, you know, it's like you, you kind of, the main card is an exciting card. As it gets to the main event, it should get more exciting. And it kind of did. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because at the time I was like, damn, the cool main event should have been the main event. Until the last minute of the fight happened and I was like, whoa, I, I almost feel like overall looking at the event, the main event was a good fight. You know, it's, it's weird. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the, you know, the, the, the stagnant, the stagnant fight style that they showed that, like, you know, you know, Usman not really doing like damage enough to hurt him, like, take him out standing but enough to hit him and make him uncomfortable taking him down controlling him on the ground you know that that was just a little bit too um strategic i mean it's a mm -hmm. perfect fight for him to win mm -hmm. but not the the fans you know mm -hmm. favorite type of fight so but i guess it wasn't that bad because that that, that surprising end just seemed like in my mind it it kind of just erased all that thinking that oh damn this is a real slow moving fight yeah and it yeah it goes like, whoa I, I feel like overall the last two fights are exciting you know <laughs> yeah it's 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 kind of crazy because it's so reminiscent to sort of george st pierre right where in the later part of george's career he started to get quite a lot of criticism where it was kind of like ah george doesn't really finish fights he's very strategic he'll take guys down and it's kind of like usman does the same thing but yeah we never got that like moment where actually george got like obviously the Matt Sarah fight but the when he was like deep in his prime we never got that moment where he was just knocked out so to see like the probably the pound for pound best fighter right at the t right now get completely like decapitated by one of the guys from my side of the world uh yeah it was it was pretty satisfying pretty uh you know I, I really like Usman um I think he's uh you know I I tell you what I was gonna get I wanted to ask you about this because I was really impressed with the fact that he was talking about going up to 205 um because that was a bit of old school mentality, right? Where, uh, you know, 
no weight classes, that side of things. I mean, what, what was your take on that, just with his mentality going into the fight? Well, I, I almost felt like he solidified with the with beating uh, Leon Edwards. He he beat he beat all the contenders twice, you know, mm. Covington twice, Massivall twice. You know, he he kind of started clearing out the division. And Leon, he already beat once, and would, if he beat Leon this time, it would be the second time. So, I can understand. You know, maybe he needs to stay motivated, and maybe he wanted to take a challenge, which is kind of cool because you don't you know that that weight class I think is a lot bigger than him. Naturally. Yeah. So like, and he's a he's already a nice built guy, so now that he can pack on more muscle to make him bigger, you know, so I know. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty old school and I thought it was pretty cool that he was gonna yeah. go that high of a weight class and you know, I don't Two think he has classes. a chance, but shit, you never know. Yeah, I do I I'm guessing he won't do it now after getting not I mean if you get knocked out by Leon then going and face someone that's two weight class classes above, someone like Jiri, like was what he was originally talking about, doing title for title, I think. You know, because he was talking about skipping middleweight <laughs> because of him and Adesanya, I think, are friends. So uh but I've I, I thought that was cool to hear. You know, hopefully maybe someone else, you know, will look to do that sort of thing, right? In the future. Well, maybe maybe he might do it even more now because now he doesn't have his title in the in the lower weight class. Mm -hmm. And maybe mm -hmm. it's like shit. Let's just do it. Let's go for it. You know, I don't know. It might might have sparked him to actually be more balls on to try something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Leon Edwards from Birmingham. It's about an hour and a half away from me. Really? That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, you know, cool. The only thing with that Leon Edwards thing is, you know, it was an interesting win. But I wish that you know fighters like that would be a little more real, you know, because it was obvious he was outclassed. You know, he. I mean, the fact that he docked him out is a is a prop to him. A lot of respect because someone who was so down on the on the cards that like he had to really knock him out, and he didn't seem like he was going balls out to knock him out. He still was, you know, throwing hard shots that could knock him out. So that that's a lot of respect to him. But you know, it's like it's obvious that he really got lucky in the last minute to catch him with that kick, and you know. I mean, I wish writers would just be real about that, you know, and say, yeah, I mean, he outclassed me. I don't know if it was the altitude or I don't know, he, he beat me. But, you know, he came on the mic and saying, I knew I was there. I knew it was going to happen. I, you know, it's like, no, there's no way in the middle of the fifth round you honestly could tell us you knew you were going to win. You know, I mean, it just kind of disappointed me that he, he didn't get real and say, damn, you know, I got, I caught, I'm, I, I thought, like you know, I maybe I maybe I knew if I kept throwing that kick, I would catch him, and I was hoping I would, and I'm lucky I did because on the cards I was down, you know. So, Pro probably adrenaline, right? Like he's probably super stoked, super surprised. That he's just like knocked him out, so he's probably yeah. just there, like saying whatever. But I think, um, I mean, he had some success in round one, right? You know, he he, he took down, yeah, when, which he did. A surprise, he did, so. he did. But after um, that, he got controlled totally. Yeah, yeah, I know, two free him but not looking good for him at all but um but yeah well what did you think of his cornering because you could see people online like curse saying oh you know his corner because his corner was i don't know typical uk saying get the fuck up <laughs> that sort of thing just like every time you go to the ground but like it seemed to like fire him up a little bit Wait, was the was it was a corner being criticized i heard they were being criticized because um i mean you see you know guys like um what's his name, like Greg Jackson and and even Trevor Whitman, right? They're quite like calm and soft-spoken. And, uh, 
you know, these guys are just, uh, are just yelling at him, <laughs> like just to not. I do, they were just sort of trying to fire him up, I guess. And I mean, in your opinion of being a corner, is there anything wrong with that approach? No, not not at all. I mean, what I think is the the corner knows the fighter the best, and they know what they want the fighter to get to. They need to motivate him a certain way. If they needed to light a fire. They know mm -hmm. the best way to light a fire. I mean, maybe they know that if you talk normally and you talk intellectually to to Leon, that he won't, he won't, it won't ignite a fire in him. And they probably knew that the way to talk to him, to scream at him, was the way to get him get his attention. So, you know, I would never criticize the corner because the corner knows their fighter more than anyone else, and they know how to motivate. They know how to, you know, make them confident. You know, I mean. There's a way to do it for every fighter. So, yeah. If that's the way it ignites Leon's fire, then that's probably the best way. I, 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 even with that aside, I don't think that's a bad way to coach either way. Mm -hmm. I think Definitely. it showed the urgency that the corner felt that he had to, you know, yeah. wake up, start up. I think it's good that they were like two, super upfront. You know, you're down two or three rounds. Like, you, you got to yep. do something. So. But yeah, so they kept um, it real, yeah. And then you mentioned the co-main event. I mean, uh, before we get to the fight, um, Luke Rockhold had some really interesting comments um, around the UFC. Um, I just wondered if you had an opinion on on anything that he said. Oh, about the you know the fighter pay and you know that kind of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the, because you you know fight. UFC has had the Reebok sponsor. Now they have a different sponsor. What is it now? Is it Under Armour? Under Armour, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And it kind of shuts off the fighters from getting alternate sponsors, which probably made yeah. them a lot of money. So right. that that is unfortunate. I make that makes sense, you know. And you know, but I think what they need to, what people, most of the fighters need to understand is that the UFC is a business that started from nothing. And was three years in the hole, being supported by casinos. And Dana fought and scratched for the the Lorenzo brothers to give it another year, another chance. And you know, I I, I don't know any any financials in the business. So doesn't any of the fighters. And they can always say like, oh, they're making this much pay per view money. Why don't they pay us more? You know and. I just don't like when people will gauge what they think they're worth hmm. from seeing how much is being made. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You know, I, I you know I almost did it. You know, I almost did it. I'm, I'm looking at that. You know, Rising gave me a. They're they're paying me. They gave me a little lump sum payment to help them. And I and I was like, wow, this is a this is a good amount of money. Like, that's pretty cool. They're showing their appreciation. The next night we go to a hostess club have some drinks and they pay five grand for the hostess club. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, they're paying five grand for a hostess club. And if my, you know, if my payment is two times that or three times that or whatever it is, I'm thinking these uh, hostesses that mean nothing to them, they're giving them a fraction, you know, they'll, they'll spend the amount three, four nights in a row going to the hostess club. They'll spend that money and telling me that I'm worth four nights at the hostess club, you know. And I started thinking, wait a minute, that's that's not right. And then you, it runs back to me, oh, they made over a hundred million the the the, the ten sheen. 
Takedo fight. And then I then sit back and say, wait, what are you doing? Why are you why are you comparing? It's you know, a human instinct to say, wow, you made that much money. You're only giving me this. Hmm. It's like a homeless guy going and giving him, you know, or, or like a massage lady. You're getting a massage and you're giving him like a $20 tip. And then they see like 50 20s in your hand and like, whoa, give me another 20, you know? Yeah. yeah that's I, that's I, the thing that human nature does. And I think a lot of the UFC fighters are falling into that and getting caught in that natural human instinct and judging their fight money on, according to what UFC is making. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I just, uh, I can kind of, I can see the fighters frustration where it's yeah. very obvious how much the UFC has grown. Um, and the UFC these days feels so much more than ever like a business, right? I mean, they always were a business, but um, since, you know, the, the, the buyout, it does feel kind of like, hey, yeah, great. The UFC's, you know, getting bigger. I, I guess back in the day, everyone was rooting for the UFC to get bigger, right? The fighters, the fans. Um, but it kind of feels like only the UFC got bigger and not the fighters. And his point, I think, was to me that was quite transparent was when he was talking about, you know, the bonuses back in the day. And, and it, it is, is like <laughs> less, if not, or if, if not the same. And it's, it's one of them where, I think they should. I think they should do something more about it because I know, you know, they're looking at getting the cheaper prospects from around the world and they need tons of fighters on the card. I get that. They, you know, they have way more fighters than they ever did, right? They're giving more opportunities to more people. You can't take that away from them. But I can certainly see the argument for people that have really put their time in for the UFC, that have built the brand and their name, their name value has created awareness for the UFC. I think there should, should be more that's done um, in that regards. Well, what I think, I think, what I think is important more than the fight money, is health insurance, retirement mm -hmm. fund. You know, because fighting isn't like being a lawyer. You know, it's something that you're really taking a toll in your physical body, and possibly could be, you know, living a harder life because of the injuries you've got to fighting. Yeah, and I, that's true. I do feel that there should be a health program. And, and even a retirement fund for the fighters that retire. You know, they, they use yeah. their name to create the, make the, the UFC such a huge brand. They should, you know, they should be taken care of. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do see the point. And I did see Rook Rockwell's uh, interviews. I just had this real, um, real tinge of a lot of negativity and a lot of anger on his side. I was kind of disappointed that he was really, really negative. Mm. He had yeah, this real, I, um, this real um, asshole vibe to him. I think he's always at that. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. That's the thing is, I didn't know he was really always like that. Because I, 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 so it kind of surprised me. Because you know, as far as I was concerned, I, when I first watched the, the matchup, I was like, "Wow, Luke's back! All right, I know Luke's really good." So I'm like, "Oh, I love to see what he's going to do now." Yeah, because he's like a well-rounded fighter. Besides him getting clipped by Bisping, mm -hmm. I mean, he's overall like his ground, his standing, everything. He's he's really really good. Yeah, and you know, Costa misses weight, comes in over twenty pounds with Vittori, and he, he makes it a catch weight. And then Vittori's cool enough to make it a catch weight, and he still shits on him and talks shit about him. I didn't have a good taste of him out for Costa. Mm -hmm. So when I first had the matchup, you know, I was like, yeah, right. I want to see Luke Rockhold win and then beat Costa. And then I want to see what he's going to do in the division, like rock up the division because he is really a top, top class fighter. 
Mm-hmm. And then when I heard the shit he was talking and Costa being all cool about it, I'm like, oh man, I, you know, something in me just changed. Like, it wouldn't be too bad to see Costa Trollo his fist through his face, you know? I mean, it was one of those things where I'm just, I'm not being a, a fighter or an ex-veteran or anything. I'm just being a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, yeah, I want Luke to it. Oh, fuck, he's being a dick. Oh, Costa, Costa, you know? I, mean, I, felt, I felt like a, a <laughs> fan going wishy-washy back and forth, but yeah, yeah. I felt more disappointment, I guess, that Luke was being such a... Um, you know, like I always think that you know, fighters should always be uh, because it's such a big sport now. They should be a role model for the younger kids. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that that type of attitude was something that you know, I wish he could have suppressed a little more and not brought it out. And that you know, then again, I was thinking maybe it's a game to try and piss off Costa, which he obviously wasn't working. But yeah, man, the fight though, huh? Oh, the I fight mean, Costa was, was as he was. Costa was as is. I mean, like a beast and coming in. Yeah. But Luke, man. Luke showed so much heart. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, man. You know, I got nothing but respect for him now, man. It's like, I mean, you can, he can talk all the shit he wants. He, he, he backs it up. Yeah. Because, you know, not only was he getting hit by hammers, I could tell that he was getting, I think his nose also broke, so he couldn't breathe out of his nose, which makes it even worse. Yeah. And the altitude, the altitude was killing him. I could see him, his chest was burning, looking for oxygen. Yeah. And for him to have pushed that hard and went through that as he did, man, he's not a normal fighter, man. He's a, he's one of the exceptional fighters. Yeah. Heart-wise. There was one shot, I think, where he was on the ground, um and you could just see the blood coming out of his mouth it was like yeah it was almost like it was coming down from the broken nose into the back of his throat and he was spitting it out or something i don't know but uh yeah there was one point i saw that i remembered it yeah yeah it was something else with the amount of blood that was coming out of him and like you say with the altitude it just makes things that much harder but there was was, that the crazy thing about that fight was it was almost like luke was still in it despite being super tired because there was one moment which I I nearly like jumped out of my seat where uh, I think it's gone viral on Twitter where he shouts something like "fuck you" and then throws a punch and you see Costa stagger back and it was just like wow um, the power that he had despite being so tired. Yeah, um, yeah, he was throwing so solid punches. Yeah, it's a shame he uh, retired at the end of the fight. I was like, I'd love to see him fight uh, again. Just you know, maybe maybe not as high in the division as, as a Costa, because Costa is like a real savage, like you say. Um, but there's definitely fights for him in the UFC still to make, but he, he seems a bit like, you know, if I couldn't get it done at the top, then what's the point? So fair enough. But. I think, I think the, what really affected him a lot was the, was the air, the thin air, the altitude. Mm. The, the altitude. So, I mean, I wish he would have given himself another chance on a, on a, on a sea level like Las Vegas. Because I think he would have done much better, man. And, you know, after seeing, you know, he's fatigued and everything, but he rocked Costa a couple of times. Yeah. Took Costa's hard shots. What happened to the glass jaw? I thought he had a glass jaw. What happened to that, man? His, his jaw is not glass, man. No. I don't know how Bisbing put him out like that. It's, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you think you know the fighters, man, it just shows you that, you know, you can't judge them on, you know, one fight, yeah. And even the kicks he was throwing, I was super impressed with. There was a time where he threw like 
four body kicks in a row or something like that. That's something you see in like a Muay Thai fight. Yeah. And he has this uh, amazing question mark kick. Yeah, yeah. Comes up and whoop. Yeah, and even like he was doing like, one point he was really tired and then he does like a spinning back kick sort of thing. He, you know, loads it up, spins, and fires it away. And I was just like, wow. He was really throwing sort of Hail Marys, but... Um, some of them were landing and like you could tell it, it was just one of those fights where anything could have happened in the, the next thing. But, but damn, that Costa, what a beast, huh? Mm. I wonder who he'll face next because it's a bit of an interesting one, right? He, he had, well, I don't think he earned a title shot after that. But. Well, the interesting thing about that whole thing is that's his last fight as a contract. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, right. And he seemed like he was, uh, you know, it, it was perfect timing where Jake Paul talked shit about him and one of the interviewers brought it up and he pretty much was like, oh, send me the contract, Jake. I didn't see that. Yeah. Wow. I kind of I want to see that because I think he's he's a brawler, yeah? And I think the only only time he turned off as a brawler was when he fought Adesanya because he was he was intimidated and I think he, he technically, Adesanya kept him off balance. Mm-hmm. But even someone like Romero couldn't scare him or slow him down, you know. And Jake, someone like Jake Paul definitely doesn't threaten him. And he's gonna probably come out like a, like a beast, and swing, throw down with him. And I want to see what happens when that happens to Jake Paul. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting, man. The, the YouTuber thing's gone kind of quiet lately, right? You know, like it's uh, it's been there's been so much noise for like the last two what two years. Um, even in Japan, we haven't had many, many, many YouTubers coming back after the whole uh, Kubo thing, right? The whole uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kubo. So, yeah, maybe, maybe the YouTube era is uh, declining in terms of the fight, the wild YouTube fights. But let's see. I don't know. I think, I think Costa Jake Paul would bring all that pay per view right back up there, man. You reckon? Yeah, because you got to remember, there's a majority of the people don't like Jake Paul. True. Manager people want to see him get his head knocked off. Yeah. And if someone can knock the head off, Takasa definitely would be a good candidate. Yeah. 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 That would excite me, and it wouldn't excite you. Yeah. No. No. I'd still like to see it. I mean, I always want to see Jake Paul get his head knocked off, right? But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. I just, I just, for some reason, I can't picture that happening. I mean, I, I wonder if he doesn't go do, you know, uh, a YouTube fight or whatever. I wonder where, wonder where he'll go. I mean. He, he could fit quite well in Bellator. Um, maybe, maybe he'll go and get that PFL money. I mean, loads of people seem to be opting for that. It's the thing about PFL, right? It's it's just it's that 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 check that's dangling. People want it, you know. They want that that million dollars, right? It's a it's a nice one to go in and say you could make that, right? So yeah, I wonder. So interesting to see where. Well, Dana expressed interest in wanting to keep him. Yeah, I imagine they try and resign him. Yeah, I imagine they 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 give him the what he wants as long yeah. as he doesn't be um, really un, uh, unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a question. Sure. What do you think about that whole thing about uh, Kyler Harrison kind of talking down on you know Amanda Nunes, Cyborg, and some other Brazilian heavyweight or um, what's your how one, she's one fifty five fighter. Yeah, I mean, I think she's trying to make a bit of a stir, right? In terms of getting her name out there, I guess, kind of thing. It's, it's, 
it's one where Kayla is kind of everyone recognizes that she's really good, but she she's never been had that huge platform, I guess, to to really sort of showcase. I mean, yeah, PFL is a platform, but I think it's a nice ploy to try and get you know the you know the hype going. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that I think she needs to understand her her status and where she is. She's mm -hmm. still a newcomer coming to the sport. She's dominating PFL, but I don't think I've heard of any of the fighters she's beaten yet. Well, if you remember, she was all but signed to the UFC at one point, right? When um, right before, was it right before the Nuna, um, Amanda Nunes lost? I think they were talking about bringing in Kayla, Kayla Harrison, weren't they, and doing that fight um, at 145. Um, but then... Nunes obviously lost, so that of, there was suddenly like, oh, well, we need to do the rematch. Um, and I think that's what sort of cut the the talks or something because of the fact that they weren't going to do That was like the obvious next matchup to make. So, uh, And plus the UFC's 145 division. I mean, not much happens in it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Can you remember so, yeah, the last one? The way she fight? was calling them out, though, yeah, she was saying, she was kind of calling blaming um accusing them of running and I, I don't know maybe it's just her playing the heel yeah yeah but maybe there's some things you were saying was kind of like ooh, i don't think you're in the position to say that you're calling yeah. them i'll tell them they're running from you but you're the one who chose to stay in the pfl you know and it's right. like uh you know they can't jump associations you know <laughs> it's kind there of was... like wow and then you know since she criticized cyborg for going to boxing and not fighting her but what she has to remember is Cyborg's the 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 big name. Yeah, she's the up and comer. So I can, you know I, I don't know why Cyborg would be required to fight her. You know, so mm -hmm. I I just I just thought she's maybe stepping a little bit over overstepping her 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 who she is right now, and maybe yeah. it's about creating the hype or you know creating a stir. But I just think it's a little bit disrespectful. I did oh question for you. Did you did you see the bare knuckle fight with uh MVP and Mike Perry? I didn't see it, but I heard the results. Did Ooh, you see it? Good. Yeah, I saw the main event. Good fight. How was it? Really good. Fun fight. Um it was kind of weird because I didn't realize bare knuckle did it where it was like a majority draw and then they do like an overtime round. That was really fun, actually. That caught me off guard. That was yes. Yeah, it was cool. I uh, well, I, so I kind of wish I went. Fight then, huh? Yeah. Well, originally MVP, I thought was just taking it. I thought I thought he was gonna win it, and then I think the the round five, um, Mike Perry landed some um, brutal shots and really did some damage. And then they went to the overtime round, and then Perry, you know, probably won that round. So it was kind of MVP was a little bit unlucky because it seemed like he was gonna walk away with it, but then he did get knocked down in the first round as well so that kind of skewed the scores a bit so yeah it was it was a, it was a fun fight it was a banner but could be has has its moments right it's, it's pretty fun sometimes. is it on is it on youtube how did you see it um a friend actually had it ordered it on fight so i was watching it there i just caught the I end think when i, I got do the have end. the Bernacle app though yeah it's, i i think it's on fight tv it was actually here in london i wish i went to it so but i didn't oh but, wow um, you should have <laughs> i know i know it's just timings just didn't quite work out with some other stuff going on but uh next time i will try and catch them when they come but it's pretty great we've had pfl here we had pfl and cardiff which was super close to me and then we had uh 
and then PFL put on another show in London, and then uh, yeah, and then um, there was a UFC London too, huh? There's a UFC London as well. I've missed all these events, so I need to I need to <laughs> try and go out my way. This is what happens when you have a kid, right? It just yeah, yeah, you got the little member of the family in there, man. Yeah, it's not exactly easy to take a four-month-year-old to a MMA event, but. <laughs> well, cool. I think, um, unless you got anything else to add, I think that kind of wraps up this edition. No, that was a nice talk, man. Interesting the stuff yeah. that's uh, happening right now. Yeah, the yeah. Talk so right now. next up, hopefully, hopefully next week, we should have the legend himself, Frank Shamrock. Uh, on the Ooh. podcast so it's gonna be an exciting episode you guys talking your fight from valley to japan um but yeah everybody we hope you like subscribe share all that good stuff and uh, we will talk to you guys again soon all right all right that was a cool episode thank you for listening everybody also make sure you share press the like and please subscribe right on